Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hey guys, welcome to back to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast. I've got a very special guest, although I suppose I do say that every week, but I've got an extra, extra special guest here, a guy who I've uh, uh, been trying to get on the call and uh, for for uh, uh, some time now, you know, we organised this uh, a while ago, and then I spaced or something on the uh, um, on on the appointment. But uh, but uh, luckily, forgiveness seems to be one of your um, attributes. So thanks for coming it's, back uh, on. Yeah, Brian. it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> so for for those who uh, haven't seen much of Brian Kurtz before, you're really missing out on somebody who. Uh, uh, well, this, this is what we were talking about uh, just a sec before we started the show. You know. You're not like a copywriter who I can go and hire to write me a sales letter, but uh, um, but you've got your own unique angle on that. Because uh, let me let me read out a couple of things which I uh, um, found out while I was stalking you this evening. Um, uh, Boardroom Inc. is the, what you're best known for, uh, taking that company from uh, five million in uh, uh, in the early '80s up to over 150 million dollars in revenue, um, mailing two billion pieces of direct mail. Um, I'm not sure if you leaked all those. By, by the way, by, by the way, it's, it, it was thirty-nine dollars at a time. So we yeah, always used to say, you know, a billion dollars worth of business, thirty-nine dollars at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing, and uh, and that's uh, something that uh, is an amazing achievement as well. Um, and uh, uh, I met you at uh, what was it? It was at uh, um, Todd Brown's event, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, spoke you, there, yeah, yeah. It was that was in 2017, so um, that was a while ago. And a, a lot of uh, uh, there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then. So, um, yeah, uh, how did you get started with boardroom? Was that your first main thing? You know, it was um, when I was when I was in college. I thought that I wanted to be an editor, and I actually did like to write. I mean, I was a, uh, when I when I told my parents I was going to be an English major, they almost pulled me out of school, and then. I said, look, I'll learn how to read and write. And that's a good thing. And yeah, so, yeah. so talking about copywriting, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I thought I was going to be an editor or writer or something, but not creatively, more mm. um, nonfiction or film criticism or stuff like that. So, but I, I, I had one job for six months and then uh, boardroom was recruiting and it just so happened that the, you know, there was a headhunter who said, you'll, you'll fit in well with this company. It's a, it's an entrepreneurial company. It's, you know, like $5 million. They have, yeah. you know, 20 employees, 30 employees, whatever. And you'll, you know, you'll be a good, a good guy for them. And the I job was that right. was open. What's that? I think he was right. He was right. Um, it, it was a long journey, but yeah, he was right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then he said, um, uh, the job that was available was in list management. Like, I didn't even know what that yeah. was. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, uh, interviewing for the job and I realized that wow every every magazine or newsletter or buyers list has a list and everybody in direct mail is renting that list and the boardroom list which was um, a, a very special list because they were all mail order buyers from you know direct mail packages that were very uh, fascination oriented bullet points, that kind of thing. So they were like mail order junkies mm -hmm. and they were affluent executives to boot. So you had this amazing affluent mail order responsive list 
And boardroom, most companies would take their money magazine or consumer reports gave their list to an outside list manager. But boardroom happened to manage its lists in house because they didn't have advertising and they really wanted to protect their audience. And everybody used the boardroom list. It was like, you know, mm. it was, I didn't even know what a list manager did. And then once I got in the business, I go, wow, I'm managing like one of the best lists. I was, I was, I was an assistant, um, but I'm, I'm responsible for managing one of the best lists in the marketplace. And so, you know, that, that, that's the first time I realized I stepped in shit. And then, you know, after a year or two, the, my boss left and then another boss left. And then I just was left with the business and I just went crazy with that. I mean, I, I think that was the ultimate in, I didn't even real I didn't realize it at the time, but only a few, but a few years later, I realized that maybe 10 years later, I realized that learning marketing from the list side, from the audience side was not that normal. You know, normally, you know, if you're a writer, you're, you should learn it from the list side, but you're yeah. really learning how to write first and then you learn the lists. Um, I think that, you know, most of the circulation people in magazines that in those days were like numbers crunchers and they weren't learning it from the audience. So I was getting this education that I didn't even realize was so powerful. And then as I got more involved at boardroom in, um, you know, getting involved in the marketing side, I realized that, you know, this, this was something that I was jazzed by. I mean, I, I, I liked it as soon as I got there. And then I still thought I was going to be a writer though. And yeah. so a year into it, when one of my bosses left, or no, someone left in the editorial department at Bottom Line Personal, which is our, our consumer newsletter, I went to Marty Edelston, the president, and I said, I, I, I'd like to get that job. I, I, that's the job I want. It's an mm -hmm. editorial assistant or something. And Marty looked at me, and this was like a big moment in my career. He looked at me and he said, I think you have a nose for marketing. And you know, when you're, when you're 23 years old, you don't know what the hell you're know or don't yeah, know yeah and the the president of the company says to you i think you have a nose for marketing you're gonna like take them seriously and you're gonna stay where you are and that yeah. was you know that was the beginning of my career in marketing full-blown and then i just really you know i i'm not bragging but i i it, what the competition wasn't that stiff but i was i ended up being like the best list manager in the country you wouldn't, nobody here would know about that because nobody's hanging out with <laughs> list managers in 1985. But I was, uh, I really learned how to sell the lists from the mailer side, from the copy side, from the, you know, most, most list managers would go to a list broker to sell their list, the list that they were managing. And they would say, here are the data cards, meaning that here's the number of names yeah, we have, yeah. this is how much it's going to cost, whatever. And, you know, just talk about them. I used to go into the, those meetings with the mailing pieces that generated the list because, you know, it's, you, you don't want to look at a data card. You want to look at the, the way that the name was put on the list. And since our lists were so, they, they were unique in that, you know, I had, I had copy from Gene Schwartz. I had copy from Mel Martin. I, I didn't even know how legendary these guys were, mm. you know, until yeah, yeah. a bit later, but, but it was, and then, so I said, here's, here's what, you know, we're, we're talking about a health product, a health book that, you know, uh, based on bullet points and page numbers and the, the, the impulsive nature of these people. And we're already also, we're mailing lists that are somewhat affluent 
So now you have the combination of mail order junkies and affluence. And it was, I mean, that, that alone got me a test from anybody who, yeah, I mean, we, we used to sell the boardroom list to um, uh, catalogers, to uh, the Republican National Committee, uh, uh, parallel, yeah. uh, uh, disabled American veterans, and then, of course, all the obvious, Money Magazine, Consumer Reports, um, you know, tax newsletters, everything. So it was one of those things that I had no idea when I got there, uh, in going back <laughs> to your question, that when I got there in 1981, the day Reagan was shot, by the way. Um, wow. You remember Ronald Reagan, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Not that young. laughs> so, you know, the, the, so that was amazing thing that, that I, I didn't even know what this thing was, this list management thing. And it opened up an amazing world. It opened up my world to lists. It opened up my world to marketing. It opened up my world to copywriters. It opened up my world to understanding offers. And it, it, it was, you know, I, I, sometimes you just don't know what you have until you look back yeah. on it a little bit. Yeah. And what I, I was just handed a gift that was, I, I can never repay Marty or, <laughs> or my, the people I work with at Boardroom for giving me that opportunity. Yeah. And it's a real interesting, uh, you know, uh, approach to learning um, about, about the copy among other things, you know, it's kind of, uh, um, uh, different, such a different way from a lot, the way a lot of us learn, you know, um, a lot of us learn, you know, we want to um, either learn a high value skill to, to earn money or we want to start a business and we discover how important copywriting is, but you were sort of in that business and then you were exposed to direct response yeah, the copy thing, after. The thing, the, the, the thing that, I, that I find interesting is that um, the, the, the people that were making all the money were either the list brokers and and the A plus copywriters of the time, because you know if you're if you're Gary Bensavenga or Jim Rutz or Bill uh, uh, Martin or um, uh, Gene Schwartz, yeah. um, they, they you know I, I I always wondered like why I wouldn't have gravitated to copywriting. I mean I, I saw this on my calendar today, geniuses of copywriting. I said oh that must be a mistake. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not on this copy. I'm not on this, this call, am I? And so, yes, <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I'm not. I, and then I realized why I am. And it's because I work with all of them. And I, I always wondered, like, why I didn't, like, dive in and become mm. a copywriter. I mean, I, I used to, you know, have lunch at Gene Schwartz's house on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. And, and I used to have calls with Gary Bensavenga. And I used to, you know, I, I've been to Jim, I've been to Jim Rutz's house in Colorado Springs. And, I never thought about at the time why I wouldn't have asked for some mentorship or find out what was their secret in writing. Instead, what happened was I was getting so immersed in the marketing side that they were asking me about my expertise, which ended up being list marketing mm. and just general direct marketing. And it actually, I guess I was so embedded in the marketing that I never felt that I needed to write to, to be in this business at a decent level. And what was interesting, in fact, in the case of Gene Schwartz, he had his own little company called Instant Improvement, which used to do these little health books. And he had some of the greatest envelopes. He had the towel of sexology and how to rub your stomach away and all these just amazing, I have a couple of them in the, uh, in the appendix to the uh, current edition of Breakthrough Advertising. And, um, but he, he was so small that he, 
he needed the lists to to get to to, to be able to mail his stuff. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he he never he never really charged boardroom to write a package. He he would exchange like seven hundred. We would give him seven hundred and fifty thousand boardroom names for a Gene Schwartz masterpiece package, yeah. and so did Rodale Press at the time. And but the one thing he didn't have, so he got our list, he got Rodale's list, but he didn't have, he had a list broker who was, you know, for lack of a better term, pretty much a loser. And so he, I offered, I said, Gene, let me look at the list you're mailing. I, you know, we're mailing every great health list on the market. I'll give you my list history and I'll tell you what selections to take. And I, I used to, I, I was basically his, his list broker without getting a commission, yeah, but it was yeah. great. And so, and then he was, he was talking to me about not just copy, but he was talking to me about art and talking to me about culture. And, and it was an amazing relationship. And, you know, it goes back to my sense of, you know, your mentors choose you, you don't choose your mentors. Like I didn't say to Gene, will you be my mentor? And he wasn't my mentor in copywriting per se, but he was a mentor of mine in so many other things yeah. in marketing. And what I mean by your mentors choose you is that if you have something that you can give to somebody who you'd like to be your mentor, just give it to them, whether it's a skill, whether it's a book, whether it, whatever. And if, if you'll find that most, most people, if they're giving, will give of themselves because you're giving to them. You don't have, you can't expect anything in return, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can get a lot. And, and that was one of the most amazing relationships because I basically got, got him all the best lists to mail and he just gave me Gene Schwartz. I mean, yeah, yeah. And he was a mountain of a man, you know? Yeah, that's really, that's a, a beautiful organic relationship as well. It's not something you set up like, um, like you're saying, I, just, I need this guy and this guy and this guy to be my mentor. Let's see what we can work out. Um, uh, it sort of developed it's over organic, time. Yeah, yeah it's I, organic. I think and, the best relationships work that and, way. And sometimes, you know, you give somebody, gives people, I have this in my book, you know, the idea of always giving 100 zero. And if you give 100 zero, you'll get something. And if you don't, mm. you don't, you know, you don't just don't have any expectation of a return. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I'm still traveling at the moment, but I can't wait to get my hands on that book. Uh, so we'll talk Actually, about that. You want to get your hands yeah. on the, on the, uh, on the bonuses, you know, um, one of the things I think, uh, uh, you, you were trying to get me on your show a while back and I, I had to put a lot of things off because I had a stroke in April. But my book was coming out April 9th and I had the stroke on April 10th. Not that I'm, I'm not telling you to feel sorry for me or nor, nor am I telling you that it's, it, I'm in good shape now, but it was, it was touch and go for a while. But the thing that was interesting is that I have a, a resource site that coincides with the book. It's overdeliverbook.com. And on that site, I've got thousands of dollars worth of resources for buying a $17 book. And mm. so like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, your audience should go to that site and just take a look overdeliverbook.com and they'll see, like, I've got a course from Jay Abraham. I've got Gary Bensavenga's bullets in a PDF. I've got Dan Kennedy swipe file from the Titans event in 2014. I've got Perry Marshall, a full day with Perry Marshall on video. I've got two books, one by Dick Benson and one by Gordon Grossman, who your audience probably doesn't know who they are, but they were like, my, my mentors in the direct mail world. And I'm thinking when I had my stroke that that site was more important than the book. I mean, the book is my opus and it's an important book, yeah. but what was important is that that site is basically me 
basically um, paying homage to my all my mentors and mm. 40 years worth of them. Yeah. And so then and then that I then that I, I didn't die, which was a good thing. Um, yeah, I agree I, with that. <laughs> I've got these I've got this this site and now I'm gonna try to, you know, really try to launch the book using that site as the uh, as the impetus for that. And you know, I'm gonna do all kinds of YouTube and all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, uh, AdWords. And I'm also going to link it to Breakthrough Advertising and Gene Schwartz because, you know, I didn't write, I could never write that book. You know, that my yeah. book is good. His book is a is like a, a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to link them based on search words and stuff. So I'm excited about that, but I'm excited. Not so much, it's not a money-making thing necessarily, but it's a a way to get my, my, my message out further and, you know, I think those, and 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 the beauty of it for me was that the resource the, the resource site, it really talks about it, without. I'm showing who my mentors are. I'm not just yeah, telling. Yeah, them yeah, 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 yeah. And that's best best way to do it. You know, show instead of tell. Always. And that that's an amazing uh, lineup of, of value just for getting that book and and. Uh, um, it, it's uh, it's over. I, I wrote a book called Over Deliver, so I guess I had to. Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to over deliver. <laughs> Yeah. If, I, if, I, if, I, if I, here's the over deliver book, you know, buy it, actually pay double, no premiums. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, that, that would, that would not be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that one could be under deliver. Under deliver. Right. <laughs> the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that one will sell quite as well, but, but anyway. I don't think so. Um, so you've mentioned so many, um, so many legends uh, uh, of the game that you've worked with them in that, um, you know, somebody like uh, Mel Martin is, and his uh, stuff on fascinations is, is basically how I write all my bullets now. Um, so, yeah, I have, I have your book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got it. Um, uh, so um, guys like that are, are really fascinating. You got to work with them. So who, who, who would be like, who was the... Uh, um, uh, you probably don't have numbers on who was the best producer, but who who was the uh, uh, was there was there one of them that was a go to guy whenever you needed uh, um, uh, something written? Uh, well, the problem was that they all had long lines of people waiting for them, so you couldn't just go to one person. And um, but it was basically we we had a, a good a stable of of the best writers, and we we paid. The royalties and we paid the top dollar yeah which you know was it was a a nice uh thing that we had that most people don't have mm. um so i i mean there wasn't one go-to person definitely not but like when i when i knew i was going to probably get a control from a person when i went to them probably gary bensavenga because he you know he had like an 85 percent or 80 percent uh hit rate on getting yeah. the new control so that was insane. my, and, and the, you know, you always wanted to beat the control. So that was one, but you know, in the, in the health space, I mean, you know, Gene Schwartz, I mean, how could you do better than him? But then I could get Mel Martin who was in-house. He was, he's the most unknown great copywriter that no one, no one really knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, he could, we were just, he'd be the go-to guy all the time. I mean, he'd be, and he'd be refreshing copy. He was basically a, an employee almost. So he'd be refreshing other people's copy and, and doing all sorts of stuff. So he was, he was a go-to person for that. Um, and then we had like Jim Rutz, 
if I wanted to go something totally out of the box, um, you know, Jim Rutz, the beauty of Jim Rutz is like, he doesn't, he didn't play it safe. Like a lot of copywriters, even Ben Savinga sometimes would play it a little safe yeah. when he knew it was going to be something that would work. Jim Rutz would either, you know, index a 20 or index a 300. You know, mm -hmm. there was very rarely, you know, he wasn't doing the 105 indexes. He was, you know, and, and so you had to get the good with the bad with him. But when it was good, it was like blockbuster. Yeah. So that was another thing. So maybe if we had a product, so again, you had to figure out the, the writer for the project. So if the project was one that we really need a blockbuster, we don't need a 30% lift, we need a 100% lift, I might go to Rutz because mm -hmm. I have a chance at it. Um, yeah, he would swing harder than the others. He would swing harder. He would, yeah, it was, that's a good way to put it. He, he really would go, go out and, and sometimes he would just fall. I mean, it would just fall flat. And sometimes yeah. something that I thought would never work just work. In fact, I, I just, I just, when he, when he died, his sister Ginger sent me boxes of all of his archives. And I just created a, um, um, uh, a swipe file and it's uh, it's all on a USB stick. It's like over 200 packages from all different mailers. Also the packages that he collected. There's a, there's a couple of interviews on there. One that not, a, not a live interview, but one that John Carlton, David Deutsch and I did, you know, just waxing poetic for an hour and a half about Jim Ruff. Are, um, are, are you selling this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's available. Um, I don't know. If, if you go to my, uh, if you go to my site, uh, if you go to briankurtz.net, um, I'm trying to think, do I have a, I must have a Rutz link. I don't know. But well, if you go, if I'll, you go to my, I'll look around and, and if you're listening on iTunes to this uh, podcast, then I'll, I'll chuck a link up on the site at geniusesofcopywriting.com, same with your book and everything else. Um, but yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll have I a look around the site after this. Yeah. Well, all you got to do is go, go to, if you go to the site, go to my briankurtz.net and, and go to the blog and, and just, uh, put in um, either Jim Rutz or put in um, God's copywriter and you'll get yeah, the yeah. blog post. And then in there, there's the link to the uh, Jim Rutz product. But then also, I mean, Bill Jamie was an interesting writer that doesn't get talked about a lot. And Bill Jamie, I have, I have a swipe file of his too. Um, and you can find that um, just search on deeply and irrevocably personal. Um, and, and Bill Jamie, um, we go to for, if, the, if the, we had a product that was uh, a retirement newsletter that was a little bit more mainstream and Bill Jamie was a more mainstream copywriter, he wasn't fascination driven, but he was narrative and he was storytelling and all that. And we felt that product deserved yeah. a Bill Jamie touch as opposed to a, you know, Mel Martin fascination touch. So, you know, we, we were, we was pretty, I mean, we had a stable and we had Jim Punkery for health stuff. We had, um, Clayton Makepeace for all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, we, there was always, um, uh, and then of course in the, in the more current era, there was, you know, Paris Lampropolis and David Deutsch and Eric Betwell and Arthur Johnson. And these were just, you know, the, the, the best of the best. And, <laughs> and, and we try to like, it was like a puzzle, you know, I've got a, I've got a health product. That's a book. And he did a book before and I, or this is a newsletter. And I think the news, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot going on in choosing the copywriters mm. for the product. So, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with the fact that, you know, copywriting is, and you know this, cause you're interviewing all of them. I mean, it's not a commodity. 
Mm -hmm. You know, people send me an email and say, can you send me a good copywriter? And I'm like, wrong question. You know, what is your product? What is the, what is the audience? What is it a, you know, is it, is it information? Is it, is it, is it supplements? Is it, I mean, you got to ask so many questions and then maybe I'll give you a name, (laughs) but even then you have to do some research on Mm. who's out there and and who's going to be a good fit. You can't just throw a writer at a product and expect it to be successful. And then the writer has to be in it too. I mean, in my book, I talk about, you know, the seven characteristics of what makes a great copywriter because all the best copywriters, what can I do with that? I work with all of them. What can I yeah. do with that? Yeah. And I said, okay, what, what characteristics are present in all of them? And the first two are hunger. They're hungry for business. They, they want to, they want to dig in. They want to do research. They just, they want to spend the hours on the product. Yeah. And number two, which is uh, linked to that is insatiable curiosity. You have to ask good questions. You have to be able to interview people. You have to be able to scour all the editorial. If you're doing an information product, scour all the editorial and the stuff that's not in the newsletter, not in the book, basically tell them to put it in the book because I could write great copy for that, (laughs) stuff like that. So, you know, those are the, those two things. uh, And you have to get a writer who's going to be doing that. And Mm -hmm. any of the writers who are listening to this right now know what I'm talking about. And so um, I, I got off on a tangent there, but it's really, really important, you know, to make sure that you've got the right writer for the, for the, yeah. for the right project. Yeah. And the reason that I asked the question in the, in the first place um, is because so many of the big companies that I've worked with, you know, Mindvalley's one, um, and I'm not sure on Agora's position on this, but if you're a, a copywriter at Mindvalley, you're expected to do, to do what, whatever product, project is coming up next um, and they they uh, um, they do what they do very well but you know that they they never have had this uh, um, uh, attitude of you know we've got this type of product you know we need this guy uh, on that it's more it's more of a, uh, a medium uh, uh, selection criteria with them you know yeah. they've got an email copywriter they've got a sales page yeah. copywriter they they can I mean that that's that's part of the, it's still part of the, of the selection process. But I do think that, you know, if you, if you can really dig in to the, to the content and, and to what, you know, what it really means to uh, write for a certain product mm-hmm. and they've done it before. And they'll, they, 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 if they, it, look, if you can get a little head start on the research, like if you, if you have a, let's say you had a, 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 a prostate supplement and they've done other uh, supplements in the past that maybe not prostate, it could be prostate and that would be a good thing. Or maybe they've done stuff on, you know, erectile dysfunction, but you can get, there's going to be some crossover with, with the research that they've already done. So why not get a head start on that? That's, that's, that's an obvious reason why you go to a writer like that. But then you start thinking about, is it something they're passionate? That's number, that's number, uh, three or four of the seven passion you know if they're if you're writing about and then the great copywriters can end up writing about anything but when you're just starting out you've got to have passion in that niche like you have to be so focused on that and you know i think all the great copywriters started in something and i bet most of them went a mile deep before they went a mile wide Mm. i mean you can go a mile wide eventually but i don't think you know if, if a copywriter came to me when i was at boardroom and said, you know, I can write about anything. 
uh, and I didn't, have never heard of them. Um, not that I knew everybody, but I knew most of the big writers. But if I hadn't heard of them and they said they could write about anything, that I'm suspicious. Mm. Yeah, man, there's a reason why you haven't heard of them. Maybe. There was one guy that came in, I think this is in my book. Um, a guy came into my office one day, or, or he sent me an email, and he's like, he's, he's boasting about himself, and he's saying, um, he said, you know, Brian, you don't know me, but I'll be the best copywriter that ever walked in the door at Boardroom. And I'm thinking to myself, this is like, you know, in 2013, and I'm thinking, all right, I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to, like, name drop, which I've done a lot here, but I don't mean to name drop. I just, if you've done it, you can talk about it. But I, I didn't want to sit there and say, you know, do you know, like, who Boardroom is? <laughs> like, I, but I don't like to do that because it, it presumes mm. that, you know, I've read some press clippings and now I'm going to brag and I don't want to do that. But I, 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 I kind of wanted to say to him, do you know we've worked with Gene Schwartz and Gary Bensavenga and Jim Rutz and no I, one. Yeah. And, but I couldn't, I didn't do that. What I did, he, I guess he gave me his site and I went to it and clearly he was not going to be the best copywriter who ever <laughs> walked in the boardroom, far from it. So now what do I do? And so I'm going to let him off easy, but I basically started my email back to him and say, I said, you know, you sent your email and I'm like, I'm, I'm really uh, befuddled because I'm shame on me. If, if you're the best writer who will ever walk in the door at my company, I can't believe I've never heard of you. Um, so congratulations on your wonderful career. I looked at your stuff and I don't think it's a good fit. And I left it at that. Now he never came back to me. He never wrote back. And I, I tried not to, I tried to, make the point without beating them over the head. Yeah. And that goes back to the sixth thing on my list of seven things that every great copywriter has. And it's humility. Mm. You know, you've got to go in, you can, you, you know, there's a, there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. I mean, you can be confident that you're a great writer. You yeah. can be confident that you think you can write the control, but you have to do it in a way that, you know, deals with a little humility. Mm. Um, like whenever I get accused of, and maybe people listening to me now think I'm, um, I'm a stuck-up, you know, major, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't player. Know about that. I, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> but but I tried myself on on being humble because I never know. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, you sent me your email resurrection book, and you know, I'm I'm reading through it. And there's some great stuff in here. I can learn from everybody, anybody, um, and you know, God, you know, you look at Gary Bensavenga. He wanted to beat the control every time he went out and he beat it almost every time he went out. Yeah. And yet when you talk to him, I mean, he's, he's retired now mostly, but you talk to him and he says, and I talked to him about another writer and he always says, wow, he was really hard to beat or wow. <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't think I want to do this because he might be impossible to beat. Yeah, he and doesn't take it for granted. He doesn't take it for granted. He, he, he has reverence for the, the craft of copywriting. Yeah, yeah. He has, um, and he has humility. Humility is not saying I suck, you know. Mm. Humility is not saying I can't do the job. Humility is like understanding that there are people out there that are just as good as you, if not better, and you gotta be on your game all the time. But, you know, recognizing everybody else and including recognizing yourself. So it's it's really, I, I, had, a, I had a quote in my, I did a presentation on the seven characteristics and on humility, I found, a, I found a quote from, from David Ogilvy, and it's David Ogilvy saying, 
it's just a quote underneath him. It's like, I am a lousy copywriter, David Ogilvie. You know, and it's basically saying, and, and there was another, another quote from him. It's like, if you can, if you meet a man that, you know, is smarter than you, hire him, <laughs> you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he, for all his, you know, he, and, and he had a big ego and he mm. would brag a lot about the packages they wrote and, and all the successes that he had. But he also knew that there was going to be some day he's going to look at someone else's copy and he'd say, shit, I'm a lousy copywriter or shit, that guy's better than me. Can I hire him? And so it was, it was ingrained in, in, in their being. And, and that's, that's, uh, you know, that's how you become a great copywriter. Yeah, that's that, that, uh, um, that really resonates with me because I think that's uh, part of uh, having empathy, um, you know, not yeah. just for your, for your market, but for, for, for other, other, anyone, any person out there. So, yeah, um, for I human beings. Really yeah, for yeah, human yeah. beings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of uh, um, uh, arrogance that some people uh, have, is just, which is just posturing, you know, really gets in the way of their learning. And I, I uh, will say that there are some, I won't mention any names, there are some great copywriters who are very mm. arrogant, yeah. who you still want to hire because they're amazing. But God, it's so much more fun to work with somebody <laughs> who, you know, is is working with you than working above you. And yeah. it, it just just makes it easier to work with them. I can imagine. I mean, who out of out of the, the laundry list of legends that you've uh, uh, um, uh, named on here, who is the most fun and most enjoyable to work with? And who who was the, who was the opposite? Who was 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 there anyone who you had like uh, uh, some issues with, or was everyone just just awesome? I'll say everyone was just awesome because I don't want to say if I had. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm I'm really asking who's the who's the the funnest? The funnest. Um, I mean, they they were all great to work with in different ways. You know, I, I always had a great time um, with Paris Lampropoulos because he, you know, he, I mean, because he wanted to know more about the marketing, which I was an expert in. And I wanted to know more about what he was thinking on the copy. And mm. um, he was a lot of fun to work with. David Deutsch is a lot of fun to work with. He's, he's maddening because he's so precise and so <laughs> meticulous. He's that kind of guy, yeah. Yeah, but he, he, we have a good time when we work. In fact, they're, you know, they're, I, I, they're still two of my best friends. And I think that's indicative of not just because they're a great copywriter. And I, yeah. I once said to Paris a few years, not that long ago, I, I, I was introducing him to somebody and I said, this is Paris Lampropoulos. He's, he's one of my best, he's one of my best friends in the industry. And Paris looked at me and he goes, what do you mean in the industry? <laughs> and, I, and I realized that we were really, you know, yeah, really yeah, yeah. best friends. And, and that, that's why that shows that the closeness of the relationship, mm. you know, even if we disagreed, even if something came up that got in the way or I had to, you know, work out something, it didn't matter because we had that friendship. But I had that with a different kind of, I, I had that with most of the copywriters because it just made the, it makes the job more fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arthur Johnson, I mean, he, I mean, he could get really intense and, and really angry when you disagreed with him sometimes, or uh, it wasn't an arrogance. It was just, mm. he was very possessive of what he wrote, but God, he was so much fun. And then we did the infomercial with Arthur Johnson, which we made him a TV star. And we did this infomercial with uh, Hugh Downs, 
interviewing Arthur Johnson as as a medical writer and editor, which he really was because he yeah. compiled the book. So yeah. he was more than just a copywriter. And I never felt bad about calling him a, a, on the TV show, on the infomercial, calling him a medical writer and editor. It was mm. it was fantastic. Um, and that was so much fun. I mean, being on a set with him and and he was so, he wrote the script and he would be open to making changes on the script. So that was another whole level of fun. Um, Eric Betwell, I mean, one of the nicest guys. I mean, Eric Betwell had, had a way of, of disagreeing with you that you didn't even realize he was disagreeing with you and then he got his way because <laughs> he was so, he was so, polite about what he believed in as opposed to being forceful about what he believed in and i just love that about him and and you just wanted to give him what he wanted because mm. he just made a great case for it so I, I mean i could i could go on i could you know clayton make peace i mean god you know clayton the way he interviewed his clients and the way he went deep with his clients was that was fun to watch i mean being on the on the sidelines watching that was just so much fun so you you, you had the yeah, wrong yeah. word you said fun and I'm, they're all fun they're all fun <laughs> yeah yeah um uh and a question that i used to ask uh, on this podcast which i've been slack on lately and is uh, um and i don't know if there's anyone in the boardroom days who really fits this bill or, or outside of boardroom who's the uh it was a who's the uh um, weirdest or quirkiest copywriter that you ever worked with oh i pretty much it's ruts yeah jim ruts yeah i mean jim ruts you know he he did packages for kci and agora and boardroom and you know all the big all the big financial people and health people and and uh but he also did packages for his open church mm. and he invented a religion basically. Oh, he, okay. he, he used to, he, 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 he went to, he went, he went to some sites to, to find a Russian bride. And, uh, you know, he didn't use this package for that, but, uh, he had, he, he once was looking for a date or looking for a woman, he was looking for a wife. And he had a, he had one of my favorite package uh, ads he wrote was, um, damsel wanted the stress optional and he talked about <laughs> what he wanted in, in a wife like um, the albert um uh ad. yeah yeah right yeah and and uh and and a lot of the stuff that uh that uh, evan pagan did when he was david d'angelo and that kind yeah. of stuff but but um he was just i mean he was and that's why he sometimes indexed the 20 or you know because he would just he had no filter yeah. He, uh, his sister Ginger had to edit some stuff out before he sent it to us. Um, you know, he didn't see it as racist or bigoted, but it was just telling it like it is. And, um, but I'm not, and I'm not saying it negatively. He, he was, he was just trying to be provocative in a, in a strange way. So I, I would say, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much, yeah, yeah, it was ruts. It yeah. Was ruts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one guy who I haven't haven't studied uh, too much of, which uh, um, I've just started to now. He's he's a really interesting one. Yeah, I he think sounds like quite a character. You'll dig the swipe file. Um, <laughs> it's really yeah. good. Um, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna look for that. So, um, so what what I'm getting from the overall uh, uh, 
theme of what we've been talking about here is um, uh, obviously you're on the marketing side of things and working with all these great copywriters. Uh, to me, that that proves how important uh, uh, the marketing and the offer and, and everything else is in the list, as well as the actual words on paper. Yeah, I, I have a, I have, I have a, in the list in the chapter I did on lists in my book. I talk about the 40-40-20 rule, which is, you know, a, a success of a campaign is 40% list, 40% offer, 20% creative. Yeah. doesn't mean creative is half as important. Mm. I mean, what I like to say is creative is the least important until it's not. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so if you, in my first book, The Advertising Solution, I, we profiled, you know, six legends of, of copywriting and marketing and, um, you know, Gary Halbert, Gene Schwartz, uh, John Caples, you know, all these guys, they, they, when, when you look at their quotes, it's always about the audience and the list. Mm. And, you know, you think they'd be bragging about their copy <laughs> and they're not because they know that without, without the, the list being targeted and segmented that they couldn't write good copy. And in fact, it's proven now, you know, online, if you've got, it, it, nobody does this, but if you went, for the copy first, and then did you know didn't do a good list uh, list search, and and your offer is kind of beat, you're not going to get any orders. However, yeah. the opposite is true. If you get ideal list selection, like with an affiliate or something like that, with a with a dynamite offer, you could probably hire you know that guy that told me he was going to be the best copywriter yeah, ever yeah. <laughs> in a boardroom. Let him do a sales letter, and you'll make some sales. I mean, there's mm -hmm. no doubt with the right list and the right offer. You can have a flashing red box with a red arrow and say order here and you'll get some orders. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's when the creative becomes the most important because the mm. biggest breakthroughs I've ever had at Boardroom my whole career was with a brand new package by a brand new copywriter that was completely out of the box from the previous control. So you might get lifts on, on you know, you get lists, you get, you're going to do list segmentation. You might get a lift on a list segment. Um, you might get some lifts on offers, the prices and yeah. premium, all that stuff. But you're probably not going to get the the 100, 200% lifts mm. that you get with, that's why, you know, with great creative. And that's why that's when the copywriting is the most important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all the pieces of the puzzle that come together. And yes. it's, it it's must be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> awesome to have been in that position where, where you were to, to make all those bit, all those pieces come together. Yeah, I think I write in my acknowledgements that, you know, I had a lot, I, the copywriters made me look good. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I already, I, I did the list work and, you know, they did, they would work with me on the offers, but I did the list work. That was what I did. Mm -hmm. And then, and my, and my staff, and then they came up with such ingenious copy that, they just made me look good. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it was it wasn't hard. You were already looking pretty good anyway. So um, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm. Uh, yeah, so you got a full head of hair as well, which also helps. I do too. have a full head of hair. <laughs> um, that's about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks for all that. You know, uh, what you shared here is really valuable. Anyone listening to this um, uh, really needs to dive deep. And I know, I know, I am. Uh, Brian, you're a genius of copywriting. So. Uh, my, I'd like to make that official. Um, so we've got Thank you. BrianKurtz.net. Well, so if, if I think I think what I'd like people to do if yeah, they get the book if, first, if they, if, yeah, if they can spend seventeen dollars, they go to overdeliverbook.com. Yeah. You go to the site, follow the instructions. 
you can go buy the book anywhere on the internet. You come back, you put your order number in, and you'll see just by perusing that site that it's thousands of dollars that are. Oh yeah, them. yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. So uh, and then if you if you're too cheap to spend seventeen dollars on the book, or actually a lot less for Kindle, um, then go to BrianKurtz.net. Um, I've got a lot of free content there. Uh, they can opt into my list. I, I blog every Sunday. Um, not a sales thing. I don't do affiliates. Um, I sell my own stuff, educational products, yeah. but that's about, I sold Jim Rutz. And, yeah. but, but, but it's a narrative blog that I always tell a story. Yeah. I try to teach a lesson or something. And uh, so you'll get on my list and you'll be able to stick with me for as long as you want. You can unsubscribe at any yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> those are the two ways, overdeliverbook.com yeah. and Brian yeah, um, anyone listening to the podcast needs to do that. Let's let's put it this way: if you weren't going to grab this book for seventeen bucks, you know, you might as well uh, close this podcast and and go look for a nine to five. And uh, what you should also get on Brian's list because uh, Brian, your weekly email is one of the few that I read each week. It's one of the oh, the few that survives the culling of all the uh, of all the lists I'm subscribed to. So um, that and you know uh, just one or two others. So that's a very great. And, and the beauty well. of it is I, I do something that's really important. Like I, I, I will send, I send it, it, it's comes the same time every week. It's, it's Sunday yeah. at 6 AM Eastern time that you will get my blog and you know that that's content, whatever. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do a sales thing where I'm going to sell my virtual mastermind or I'm going to sell Jim Rutz or something like that, I will either do it in the PS of that email. So the, the, the yeah. email itself is all content or I will do it on a different day at a different time. And the other thing I do um, is any, and this is a good tip for people doing email, anybody who uh, sends an email out, if I, I go out, so Sunday it goes out 6 a.m. I get my, my clicks and opens. And then on the following Friday, I send it out again, just to the unopens. Um, and it's good because I, I want to get more people to read my blog. So, um, and that's a really good technique to get sometimes, you know, another 10, 10 to 15% yeah. people to open okay. your email. Yeah. I don't know if people are doing that, but it's a good tip. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, that's another, another valuable thing that uh, might be worth testing as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for that too. You know, uh, uh, everyone should definitely get to the book overdeliver.com. Overdeliverbook.com. Sorry, overdeliverbook.com. And uh, yeah, start there, get the book. Um, it's a no brainer, um, you'll love it. And uh, uh, I'd like to thank you again, Brian, for uh, everything you shared. Um, thank you. It's been wonderful. Uh, it took us a bit of time to sort of, to get things up, but it was well worth the, the wait. Thank you, Brian. And, you, and your book is neat. I, I, I really think uh, there's a lot of great tips in this and um, I hope everybody has a copy of this, um, Email Resurrection that. as well. Thank you for that. Thanks for the kind words. All right, talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.